Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Hey guys, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I created this podcast to help you to see and understand the kingdom of God. I'm currently writing my second book, God Men Part 2, subtitle Identity as Sons, because I believe that God told me to do it. And also because we're coming into a move of God where the sons of God are being revealed. You've got to remember that Jesus said if we don't understand the parable of the sower, we will not understand any other parable. In other words, the parable of the sower unlocks all mysteries. And most Christians don't understand the parable of the kingdom of God. Because if they did, they would bear much fruit. Jesus said that it's the seed that falls on the good soil that bears 30, 60, and 100 times what was sown. He also said that whoever abides in me and my word abides in you will bear much fruit. But this is actually the same thing. His word is the seed. He is the sower of the seed. Now, I pray that God would open your spiritual eyes to see. I pray that God would open your spiritual ears to hear right now. Because as I'm speaking, your natural mind doesn't know what's going on. I speak from the Spirit. I speak from my Spirit. So the words that I speak are spirit and they are truth, they are life. You've got to remember that the Father is a spirit. The Father is a spirit and he is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. So the moment you were born again, your spirit came alive. Now your spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He doesn't have a body His body is Jesus. His body is the church. The church is the temple of the Holy Spirit, a spiritual house for God to dwell in. And so the Holy Spirit is a spirit. And Jesus said to the woman at the well, my words are spirit. And so you are a word carrier. If you are a human being, If you are born again, then the Spirit of God has opened your eyes, awakened your heart. You have received, your heart has received the Word of God. Your spirit received the seed of the kingdom. Your spirit received Jesus. And if you're still a Christian after many years, then that seed has been able to grow. And so the Christian life is a lot to do with soil management. 
you've got to manage your soils. You've got to manage your heart. You've got to obey the words of Jesus. He is teaching us how to manage our soil. He said, whoever has, more will be given. But to he who doesn't have, even what little he has will be taken away. You've got to remember, Noah had to be on the boat or he would have been left behind. Elisha had to be with Elijah to get his double portion anointing. The new Christians in the church had to be in the upper room to receive the Holy Spirit. The virgins had to be waiting with oil trimmed and oil to spare to be able to go into the wedding feast. Can you see a pattern here? You need to be ready. You need to be available. You need to be in the right place at the right time. So God is going to visit you. He has visited you. He's visiting you today. The Holy Spirit is brooding over the waters of your heart. Jesus is standing at the door and knocking. He is here. He's speaking to you now. He's speaking to you at home, through the Word, through the Bible, through your church. Now, I came out of my church today a little bit excited and a little bit perplexed because the worship was so amazing and God really turned up. But I looked around because I was in the very, very back with my kids. I, I looked around. And 70% of people were sitting down, like 70% were sitting down and they weren't engaging and God was in the room. Psalm 24 says, lift up your heads, O you gates, and let the King of glory come in. So what happens is we are a thousand people standing or sitting in an auditorium. We have fixed our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. As we worship him, we lift up our heads, O ye gates. We are the gates. We open our spirit man and rivers of living water flow from the throne of God. According to Revelation 22, they flow. The river of life flows from the throne of God where we are seated, because we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul says. Jesus said, if you overcome, you will sit with me on my throne. So you and I are spirits who are sitting on the throne. Let that sink in. While we are bodies at the same time standing on the earth. And as our mind and will and emotions, they are the gates. As they allow it, the King of Glory comes in. So we open our mouth by an act of our will. Our body agrees with our spirit, and we find that we're in alignment. So we open our mouth and our eyes are seeing Jesus. And 
our spiritual ears are open and our spiritual eyes are open. In fact, our whole spirit man body can hear and smell and see. And we are standing in heaven and on earth at the same time. That's what makes us unique. That's what makes us able to be ambassadors. That is what makes us able to vote. That is what gives us the keys to the kingdom, the ability to bind on earth as it is bound in heaven, because we have access to both realms. We have dual citizenship. We are citizens of heaven. We are in the world, but not of the world. This is not a religious teaching about, you know, not getting a tattoo or whatever. Yes, we're meant to be set apart. But these are not about a religion. Everything in the Bible, everything in the Bible is about one thing, the kingdom of God. So the knowledge of the glory of God filling the earth as the water covers the sea from Habakkuk, that is talking about Christians. That is talking about us filling the earth. We, as new creation Christians filled with the Holy Spirit, owned by God, temple of the Holy Spirit, we are the mobile ark of the covenant. We are the mobile throne of God in heaven and on earth because we know that he wants to join the heavens and the earth together again, because we see that heaven, this current heaven and this current earth will pass away. That means he's going to burn it. But my words will never pass away, Jesus said. And in Revelation 22, we see that there's a new heaven and a new earth, but they are one. So the shaking is actually a convergence. The shaking, which appears to be disruptive and appears to be a separation, and it is a separation, is actually a convergence because all things are coming together under Christ, both Jew and Greek, Gentile and Israel. All things are coming into Jesus Christ. All the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. So this is real. So your job on the earth is to be a Christian, to be light, to be salt. So you don't go to work to to be a witness. You are a witness. And if you think of a court of law, your very existence is a threat to the evil one, because you are a witness. And this is what it means. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus is tempted by the slanderer. That's the word used for the devil. It's translated devil but or evil one, but it's the word slanderer. Why does he want to discredit the witness? Hello? You see, Benny Hinn doing miracles, signs and wonders on television. And the enemy cannot speak against the truth. This is a huge key for you. 
you, the enemy cannot speak against the word of God. Paul said the word of God is not chained. But Paul was chained because Paul had been slandered. So the devil has nothing that he can say about the miracles. There's nothing he can say about the word. There's nothing he can say about the truth. But he discredits the witness. So he speaks to you about your wife. He speaks to you about your pastor. He speaks to you about tithing. Yeah, I'm making it about you and me. And he slanders you and he slanders other people. So so you're not tithing. This is as an example. Because you think that the pastor isn't good enough for your money. Whereas you've actually been robbed. And by not tithing, you are actually giving 90% of your money to the devil. Because the whole world is under the sway of the wicked one. That word world is the word cosmos, which is translated order of things or the arrangement of things. So what it says is the government is under Satan's direct control. The media is under Satan's control. Education is under Satan's control. No no wonder they have crazy laws, crazy things happening. You know, I want gambling to be illegal. I want prostitution to be illegal. I want a lot of things to change. I don't want them to teach you know, evolution in schools. But those systems, those orders of things, those cosmos are under the power of the evil one. So what I'm saying is if Benny Hinn is driving a $200 million gold-plated Bentley, the devil will slander him to you and he will say, this is not a man of God because he has a Bentley and it's gold plated. However, if Benny Hinn rode a bicycle or drove a rusty old beat up Datsun 120Y, the devil would slander Benny Hinn and say, He's not a real Christian. He can't even look after himself. How can he look after the family of God? He has a terrible car. He can't manage his own money. He's probably in debt. Don't trust him. So you can't win. Can you? You can't win. If I go to church with a perfect family with a 5 Series BMW, with my house paid off, the de- with beautiful abs and a six-pack and, and a Giorgio Armani suit, you will think, who is this guy? He is conceited and puffed up and full of pride. He's probably a false prophet. But if I turn up to church divorced or separated from my wife, my kids aren't there because they don't want to attend, and and I'm driving a beat-up old Camry, then you're going to think, who's this guy? He can't even manage his own household. Has he, even, has he even got a real job? 
He's just after the money and the offering. So the reason I say these things by the Holy Spirit is you have got to exit the world system. You have got to listen to what God is saying. You cannot look at the outward appearance. Doesn't the Bible say that? So I don't look at Benny Hinn's car. I don't look at his house. I don't listen to what anybody says about him. But I look in his eyes and I listen to the words that are coming out of his mouth. And if they are fire, and if they are from the throne of God, and if I'm challenged because I have to change, then I will obey him. You've got to remember that Jesus said not to stop the man who was preaching. There was a man preaching in Jesus' name, and he had not been authorized. He was outside of their expectations. And Jesus said, don't stop him because anyone who's with me cannot be against me. So why are you against people who are preaching the name of Jesus, who are preaching the kingdom of God, who are preaching the salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ? So don't worry about them. All of these things are going to be worked out in the end. They will be judged. We know that we will be judged. God will not be mocked. So really, everything that I'm saying comes back to the word of God. You are carrying the word of God. That is your value on this earth. Yes, your value to God is as a person. He loves you. He loves every person. You know, he loved Hitler. And he wrote a book about Hitler. Everyone, I think, everyone begins with their name written down in the book of life. But it's possible to have your name removed, to be blotted out from the book of life. But, but Adolf Hitler, you know, I'm just trying to think of someone we all know. He would have had, God had a plan for his life. He would have had his name he would have had every opportunity to believe in God. And we don't know what happened towards the end, whether he repented, because we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It is not any work of our own. It is imputed righteousness, which, as Alan Meyer said today, it's not bringing you down to zero. Is imputed righteousness is not, and justification by faith is not just deleting your sins and bringing you down to zero. It's actually imputing the righteousness of Jesus Christ to you as a gift so that you are everything that he is and you own everything that he has. So you receive all of his good works. You get, you are as if you lived the life that Jesus lived. That's how you are now. That is who you are now. That is why you are able to sit on the throne. It's nothing to do with you. God is no favoriteur of persons, but he has imputed to you the righteousness of God. The Bible says you are the righteousness 
of Christ Jesus, which means you get everything that he gets. The Bible says you are a co-heir with Christ Jesus. The Bible says the Father will give you all things along with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So you're not on a zero. You are on, you know, you're full of the kingdom of God. And you and I will reign with him forever. We overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Can you see it? Time is cyclical. Time is an illusion. You need to go to the author and the perfecter of your faith. You need to see him. You need to be there. We are already there. I can see it. We are already standing in the throne room, worshipping Jesus, throwing our crowns down. We are crying and worshipping. And then we look at him and he is crying. And he is being impacted by our praise, by our prayers, by our worship. He's saying, stop it. (laughs) And we're saying, no way. (laughs) And the Father is just loving him. And we are all invited. We are all invited. This is really good news. So you, your body is not who you are. Your body is is the final and last part of you that will be redeemed. So you are going to get a new body. You are going to get an an eternal body that never dies. Your spirit looks like God. I'm just sorry to tell you that's the truth. You and I look exactly like our Father. It's ridiculous. Now, on the earth, we look like our earthly lineage. I'm Italian, so I'm dark-skinned, I'm hairy. You know, I've got those the Italian features. I'll never forget watching The Passion of the Christ. And <laughs> all those Romans were like my blood brothers, like my uncles, my aunties, my family look exactly like those Romans in that movie. It's hilarious. We're all bald you know, in the in the crucifixion scene, that's just the way we look, and it's hilarious. But your body is exactly the way that your family line made it to be. So there are things that are wrong with your body that are not your fault. They're actually being passed down, whether it's baldness or flat feet or whatever. But that is not what you look like in heaven. Do you understand that if we never fell, we would have perfect bodies? Because the the earth was cursed. Because the land was cursed. Because of sin and iniquity, there, there is a limitation and a degradation of the perfection. It also affects our soul. The Bible says that the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers, so they cannot see the gospel. So when you're saved, your spirit is made beautiful, made perfect, and you actually look just like Jesus. Your eyes are a flame of fire. Your voice is a rushing of mighty waters. You have authority and dominion, and those are 
very different things. Authority is the right to speak and to make adjustments to the natural environment because of your submission to a higher authority. So if you rent a house, you are able to live there, you're able to invite people over, you have authority over that house. You can ask somebody to leave, even the owner won't come over because you have an agreement to rent that property. So so, so that's authority. If, if, if someone is in your house that you're renting and you don't want them to be there, you can kick them out. So we drive out the devil. We have authority to drive out the devil. You, can, you have authority to drive out sickness. And he has to go. Just say it. Don't think about it. Just say it. Let your spirit man rise up and speak those things which are not as though they were. In other words, it's actually already happened, your healing, your deliverance, your salvation. But when you, as you speak it, you bring it from your future into your now. That's actually how it works. So you, you are above and beyond time. Psalm 139 says God goes into your future and into your past. So the, the, the glory of God, the goodness of God is behind you. It shall follow you all of the days of your life. So God can change your past. He can change your future. So what I'm saying is your spirit is unlimited. The Bible says all things are yours, things present and things to come. But your body is limited. Your body will die, but you will get a new body. And that is when your redemption is complete because the Bible says death is the final victory. When death is defeated, then all of Christ's enemies are under his feet. So he does not want you to die. He wants you to live together forever. But he has to bring the kingdoms of our of this world under the feet of Jesus, one by one. He needs to destroy death and to defeat that. He needs to crush Satan, and he soon will crush Satan under our feet. And then he's going to destroy heaven and earth. There's going to be a new heaven, a new earth, and we're going to live with God forever in our new bodies. Now, our new bodies will be permanent. They won't age they will be so beautiful, you won't even be able to look at them. You'll need to turn away, but not then because you will be able to see Moses wasn't even able to look at God because his glory would have been too much. Uh, but I'm spilling over into Kevin Zadai now, which what he says in the Mystery of the Powers, beautiful book. But your body will be your spirit manifest. Your body, your new creation, resurrection body that never perishes, that will be raised imperishable, will be your spirit man. It'll be your body. You will be one again. You'll be integrated again. And God will be your light. So what we do here on this earth is we need to learn 
how to live out of our spirit man. We need, yes, I'm in a body. Yes, I shave, I cut my hair, I wash my feet, I clip my nails. But I go to my spirit man first. I worship God. I pray in tongues. Now, what happens when you pray in tongues is you are seated on the throne with Jesus in heaven, as I told you. And the Bible says in Revelation 22 that there's a river that flows under the throne of the of God and it's called the river of life. So what happens is as you pray in the spirit, that water from that river that you're touching because you're sitting on it, that comes out of your belly. And Jesus said that in John chapter 8, I think it is, or John chapter 4, the woman at the well. And that water comes out of your spirit. Now, your mind doesn't understand it. The Bible says that that the, the mind set on the flesh cannot please God. The Bible says that the natural mind cannot comprehend the things of the spirit. So my advice to you is don't bother. You know, you can go to the place of not caring. You can go to the place of not even thinking about your needs. You see, people will ring you up and say, you've got to pay this bill, you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to look for a new job, you deserve better than that, you, you know, your wife left you, you've got to, you know, remarry or whatever. No, no, I am seeking first the kingdom of God. I'm married because I made a commitment to God. So my marriage is a covenant Oh, my God. Covenant is the best. God takes covenant seriously. He doesn't break covenant. You cannot run away. If you make a decision to follow Christ, you can't get out of it so easily because you have made a covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. So you've invoked the blood of Jesus Christ. You have entered into a legal contract. You've got to think about this. I've got to explain this. If a man is in prison and he's released from prison and, and he's got no job, he's, he's in debt, he's got a criminal record, he's a bad person. Now, if he has been released from prison and he falls off a cliff, you know, he breaks a leg or two and he's, he's lying there on the bottom of the cliff do you think that our government would not rescue him because he's a criminal, because he has a... No, there will be helicopters. When someone's lost at sea, they will send the Coast Guard, they will send the rescue team, they will spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, they will put him in hospital, they will fix him up. Even if you're in prison and you get a, a, an illness, they will fix you up because of your citizenship. So how much more does God take seriously your citizenship in heaven? You see, you and I actually own the kingdom of God. The Father's good pleasure is to give you the kingdom. So you and I are going to be running the kingdom. Who do you think is going to run the kingdom? It's a family business. 
Yes, Jesus is the king of the kingdom. Whoa. And we're his brothers and sisters. We're the royal family. We are the royal priesthood. We are ruling with him. We are reigning with him. Paul says in, uh, I think it's Philippians, that if we suffer with him, we will reign with him. So we are going to be the ruling class on the earth forever. We are going to be dressed up very well. We are going to be well looked after. Do you think there's anything that you've given up that God hasn't taken notice of? He knows that you didn't you know, backbite that person. He knows that you didn't protect yourself. He knows that you read his word instead of watching a movie. He knows that you followed him. And he is going to reward you. You and I are going to be rewarded for our faithfulness. You and I are going to be rewarded for our stewardship. So what I was saying before about dominion is you and I have ownership of the earth. It's more than authority. You see, we have authority over all of the power of the evil one, but we actually have ownership because Psalm 115 says God gave the earth to man and it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. I mean, Jesus operated in dominion. When he walked on the water, that was dominion. When he multiplied the bread, that was dominion. When he rose Lazarus from the dead, that was dominion. And what I'm trying to say here, and the reason, the only reason I'm writing my books is because the Spirit of God wants you to take ownership of the earth. He wants you to be revealed to the world as a son of God, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would fill the earth as the water covers, the, the oceans cover the sea, covers the earth that the sons of God would be revealed. Hebrews chapter 2, Jesus came to raise up many sons unto glory. How do you think the knowledge of the glory of God's going to cover the earth? It's not going to be radio waves. It's not going to be microwaves. It's not going to be a telegram. It's going to be people. You see, he says he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. That includes animals. I'm sorry, but it's what it says. All flesh is all flesh. So, okay, maybe maybe not the animals. I was pushing that a little bit too far. But the Holy Spirit is the kingdom. Remember, Paul said in Romans, the, the, the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. If everything I've said has gotten too much for you, just focus on that. Righteousness is the ability to stand before God. So righteousness means right standing. In other words, if you were to walk up to an enemy king and go into his kingdom, go into his courts, go into his throne, 
if you were to say the wrong thing, you would be killed. And all through the Old Testament and through Earth's history, kings will be fickle. They will do whatever they want. They'll build statues in their own image, whatever they want. They can say anyone who's not left-handed will be put to death, and that's the end of it. That's going to happen because the king's word is the law and the kingdom will enforce the law as far as its domain is expanded. So when you can, according to Hebrews, approach the throne of grace with confidence, imagine a kingdom where Jesus is on the throne and everyone knows you and you can go barefoot, undressed, half-dressed, in your nightgown, in your undies, in your undies. (laughs) You could just walk right up to the throne and Jesus will put his arm around you. And what do you want, buddy? My kingdom is yours. Ask anything according to my name and it's yours. No caveat. That is righteousness. So that's what you see first. You seek first his righteousness. You don't want to do anything wrong. You don't want to sin. But if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father. I think the Bible is starting to make sense to you. Listen, it is not a book of rules. It is not a religion. It is not a religion. The entire Bible is a kingdom. Old and New Testament are one in the same. There is no separation. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. The Spirit is the new law written on your heart. In the Old Testament, it was written on stone, but now it's written on your heart. So you seek first the kingdom, and it's righteousness, peace, and joy. So peace is supernatural. Seeking first peace, we've done righteousness, haven't we? You you get it, don't you? It's going into the courts and and approaching the king with absolute confidence that he is your friend. And no matter what, he is going to give you his checkbook. He's going to, you can ride his horse. You know, you can ask for that. You know, Jesus, I want to be on the back of that white horse when you write it in that book of revel in that last day i want to be on the, i want to be on the back of your horse <laughs> i'm asking for that in jesus name you know i want to be one of the two witnesses that 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 call down fire you know on the earth you know i want to have a ride on the four living creatures so seeking first his kingdom which is righteousness, peace, and joy. Peace is a person. So help me, Holy Spirit, angel, help me. Don't think, don't even consider your circumstances. Right now you've got, you know, bills to pay, you might have problems, you might feel terrible. Listen. What if all of your hassles are demonic? I mean, literally, it's not you. What if it's the devil? If there's anything you need to do, God will tell you to do it. So you can 
put all of your eggs in one basket. You can literally say, you know what? I'm not going, this is, I'm not joking. You can say, I am not going to do anything unless God tells me to do it. I'm not going to say anything unless he tells me to say it. So even if you have money in the bank, you don't just go and spend it as if it's yours. You wait for God to tell you to spend it. And it might get to the point where you're thinking, God, you know, this is going to be a real problem if I don't pay this bill. And I'm not telling you to be religious. You know, at the end of the day, if my car is low on petrol, I'll get petrol. I'm not telling you to be stupid and superstitious. What I'm saying is that you're you're looking for peace by planning and hoping and strategizing that your environment will change. But God said that I will always lead you into triumph. God said if you seek first the kingdom, all else will be added to you. God commanded you to not worry. He said, don't worry about what you will eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear. So what you should be doing is looking for a person to be in your life. So there might be times where where you pray and the Holy Spirit leads you to be very specific. So I, I will pray sometimes for my children, for my wife, for my car. But usually I don't pray for me. I, I pray things like, God, what do you want to do today? God, what? In fact, most of the time he speaks to me and I just do that. But then there are storms in life. I mean, Jesus was asleep in the boat and there was a storm that came and he needed to address that storm. But what I'm saying to you is, Seek first the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy. So peace is a person. So how much energy are you spending trying to avoid problems, trying to avoid pain, trying to repair relationships? You just ask my parents. The last few weeks have been ridiculous because I stopped worrying and I stopped asking, and God has literally sent out warriors and fixed a lot of my problems. I mean, debts have been cancelled, bills have been paid, relationships have been restored, legalities have gone away, like big problems, you know, that just I couldn't figure them out. It's like they're just gone. I got a promotion at work, my, you know, just, it's amazing. It's like I just decided to trust him and to stop it to stop trying to control my life and trying to control everything. And you know what? We go from glory to glory and strength to strength. I was probably doing better last week than the year before, and I'm probably going to do better next week than I am this week. But peace is a person. So what if the Bible's correct where it says that he will meet all of your needs through his riches in glory in Christ. Like, don't worry about it because it's actually his responsibility. So I'm talking about your feelings. I'm talking about your emotions. I'm talking about your health. I'm talking about your your work, your home, your car. 
everything. It is choking the seed. Remember at the beginning of this video or whatever it is, I said, you are a word carrier. God is looking to perform his word. His angels are looking to perform his word. So there's going to be no activity unless you speak his word. You are the word became flesh because he's not here anymore. Jesus has gone back to the father. You are Jesus on the earth. Jesus said, as the father sent me, I sent you. I'm the light of the world. You're the light of the world. You are the soul of the earth. You go and preach. So you are a word carrier. Now, Jesus said that the, the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the seed. So you've got to remove that from your soil. He also said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. People forget the last part, and of Herod. So what does that mean? The teaching of religion and politics so, you know, that's investing your money, that's leadership in church, that's politics, that's all that stuff. That will choke the seed. Jesus said, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees, because a little teaching will leaven the whole lump of dough. So some of you are ruined because of false doctrines in your church. It's religion. Religion is anything that puts the power of God outside of you. That's right, Jesus got crucified, be not because he was a good man, but because he demonstrated power and dominion, and because he made himself to be like God. That is why they crucified him. They crucified him because he said that God was his father. He said that to you. That's right, Jesus said to Mary at the tomb. It's in John. Have a look. He said, I go to my father and your father, my God and your God. So he is including us in the family of God. Jesus prayed in John 17 and 14 as well that the father said that he loves you with the same love that he loves Jesus. He said that the father and I are one and the oneness that we had in the beginning. We want to share that with you. We include you in our oneness we include you in our glory, the glory that we had in our unity, in our oneness. We give that to you. He said, Father, would you give them that glory? So you own everything. That's dominion. And then so finally, you seek first the peace. You seek first the joy. Joy is the Holy Ghost. Joy is the person of the Holy Ghost. Joy is excitement. So I'm literally saying to you, if you're not excited, then it's not the kingdom. You should be excited to get up. You should be excited to pray. You should be excited when there's a problem because every problem is an opportunity to overcome, an opportunity to rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. When you realize how free you are, that the Son sets you free indeed, don't think that Jesus was not telling the truth because of your circumstances. See, you are so free. You are like Neo plugged into the matrix. You can manipulate the code. But Neo didn't know who he was at the beginning of that first movie. So what I'm saying is the Bible 
is a spiritual book about a spiritual kingdom that has expanded to a physical earth and a physical family that the invisible devil interrupted that process until Jesus Christ came and took back that invisible kingdom and gave it back to his visible children. And that's you and me. And we have a citizenship in the invisible heaven. And we are joining the invisible heaven and knitting it together with this visible earth for the glory of our God. The good news of the kingdom is more than religion. It's more than a ticket to heaven. It is about God ruling the earth with his imaged sons and daughters. So we are his image. We are a copy, an exact copy of the Father. You see, Jesus said, when you see me, you see the Father. Hebrew says that Jesus is the exact representation, the exact image of the Father. Now, we're not perfect like that, but like I said, your spirit is the image of Christ. Your spirit is born again. And the whole Bible process in the New Testament is talking about you being transformed into the image of Christ. That is the Holy Spirit's job. His job is to bring you into maturity, and maturity is being just like Jesus. And 1 John says that you will walk as Jesus walked. Psalms say that you will awake, and when you awake, you will be in his likeness. That is the scary, overwhelming, exhilarating, breathtaking mystery of the gospel. It's not a ticket into heaven. We were never meant to go to heaven. Heaven was always meant to come to us. Think about it this way. Man never fell from heaven. Man was created from the dust of the earth. We were breathed by God into our physical bodies, our spirit. We are part of God's spirit that was breathed into our physical bodies on the earth. And he is wanting to come to earth. He is wanting to come to earth. He told us to pray that way. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your kingdom which is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. So we are knitting that together, one by one, prayer by prayer. But you're not going to do anything if you're in your mind. You need to get out of your mind. You need to get in the spirit. You need to be speaking the word of God from your spirit. That's awesome. Wow. Father God, you are beautiful. We love you. 
We thank you for this ridiculous truth about the kingdom of God, that we are your image. We are your sons and daughters. I think about a giraffe. I don't know why, but I always think about a giraffe. And it's it doesn't have a baby goat. No animal ever gave birth to a foreign animal. I mean, it's ridiculous. But God gave birth to us. Man, we are your image, God. And I just pr- pray that you would, um, Lord, open the eyes of our hearts. Show us who we really are. This very thing of very things that the devil is terrified that we would know. The devil does not want us to know this. In fact, the Bible says that he came, he comes to steal the seed. But I thank you that you have called me personally, given me a grace so that anyone, wherever I go throughout the earth, that they would receive the seed of the kingdom, that I would hear the sound of chains hitting the ground. And I hear chains today, people's minds being set free, that they can finally see the truth. They can finally see the kingdom of God. Just say, I can see it. I can see it. And ask for it. Jesus said, ask for the kingdom. God, we ask for the kingdom. I ask for the kingdom. God, I ask for the kingdom. I knock for the kingdom. I seek the kingdom. I don't ask for anything else because I know, God, that when I get the kingdom, I get everything. And I've got the kingdom because the kingdom is within me. Jesus, you said that the kingdom doesn't come with careful observation, but that the kingdom is within us. So thank you that I have the kingdom. Thank you that I own the kingdom. Thank you that all things are mine, things present and things to come. I don't need anyone to teach us because I have a Holy Spirit living inside of me. So help me to go forth and multiply. Help me to go and bear fruit. Help this person who's listening to understand the kingdom of God, water the seed, Lord, may it grow. God, I'm expecting a hundredfold from what has been sown in Jesus' name. Now, listen, guys, my last word as we come approaching an hour here is please love people. You know, there's a shaking going on in the earth. Everybody's shaking. People, Some people are making really bad decisions. Like Jesus hanging on the cross, he said, they don't know, forgive them, Father, because they don't know what they're doing. Whether it's your wife or your husband or your pastor or, your, your, or the media, just please forgive them. They don't know what they're doing, even if they should know better. What I'm saying is that this, is a, this kingdom is real. And, and the words of Jesus are a requirement for you and I to, to survive and thrive in this kingdom. So think about his words as a description of the kingdom of God. So when Jesus said, you know, don't judge, don't think of that as a rule. Think of that as a culture. Now that you're in the kingdom, Jesus is saying, you know, it's like when you travel to a foreign country and they say, look, in this country, it's rude to touch people on the head. You know, in this country, you are not supposed to touch women. You know, in this country, don't make eye contact with 
with people who are, are older than you. So that might seem really foreign to you, but you will be taught how to live in that kingdom so that you don't go to jail and get killed or really just offend people. So what Jesus is saying is don't judge, do love, do give, do forgive, do seek first the kingdom. You know what I'm saying? Guys, I want you to be excited to not only read the words of Jesus, but to obey them. He said to go into all the world making disciples and teaching them to obey all that he commanded. So he is wanting a kingdom. He's not just wanting converts. He's not even just wanting disciples. He's wanting a kingdom. He's wanting you to sow the word of God and then to teach them how to manage their soil. So he is wanting you to sow the seed of the kingdom and then teach that person what I'm teaching you, which is the understanding. Now, if they understand that they are the sons of God, that they have dominion on the earth, that they are a copy of God, if they know who they are, if they know this ridiculous mystery that, that I told you, and they know how to look after their soil, they're going to bear fruit. And I'm, te I'm telling you, we're going to have a movement, more than a movement. We're going to see Jesus can come back in two weeks. You know, Jesus can come back in a, in a month or a year or, or a day. The Bible has secrets hidden for us. You know, can a nation be born in a day? Hint, hint, hint. You know, we have the internet, we have technology, and I'm not the answer. I'm just saying that we, the church, must begin to return to the original message, the only one message that Jesus and John the Baptist and the new Christian church in Acts preached. That is the, the message of the kingdom of God. It is not a message of just of religion or of church attendance or of Jesus. Yes, Jesus is king. And yes, he is the way to salvation. But Jesus himself commanded us to preach the kingdom. So why don't we just obey him? So really, this whole hour can be summed up by saying, literally obey Jesus in everything. They don't take a word away from what our precious Lord said. Every word he said is bread. Every word he said is life. Every word is a door into reality.